Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. All right, and we're back with the host of So Bad It's Good, Ryan Bailey. I got to be a guest on his podcast last week, um, then we dipped, and now we're back. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, Ryan? I'm good. I'm good. It's Friday. Uh, Vanderpump Rules is over for the week, so I'm. I'm. This is like the last thing I have to do. So this is. I feel like loose. This is loose. I mean, I feel bad. I feel like I'm dragging you back down into the swamp. <laughs> No, I no, I like being in the swamp first off. And like, I think that's ridiculous. Like if you truly love a show or love something, you don't really get tired of speaking about it. I think you get tired sometimes of being in the energy of like a completely negative, toxic environment, which I think some of this is, but there's so many fun moments to it. And there's so many great people talking about it. So, I mean, listen, I, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of complaints here at all. I mean, there's so much stuff to dissect there. There it really is fascinating and, and it might be silly to some people, but I always just think that's, I kind of reject that notion because, you know, whatever you love out there, you're going to try to study it as much as you can and, and make a meal out of all of these moments. So, you know, there's things, I mean, I podcast about this so much and there's still things that I miss. I mean, I'll look at what people are saying and I'm like, wow, I didn't even think about that. It's, it's exciting. No, it's true. I mean, I would be doing this whether there was a mic in front of me or not. And yeah, I used to. I mean, I did. All, I mean, like this, I, I talked about all this crap before podcasting. I know. I know. I, I did you did you find yourself before you were a podcaster talking to people who weren't super invested in the world of pop culture and trying to like explain it to them? You know, not as much. I mean, like I it's not like I would ever force my opinions. I'm not as like 
loud and boisterous as I am on on podcasts, you know, like I would kind of keep those things to myself or I would be wary. And, you know, if you discovered if like, I would always be one of those people. If, if you overheard somebody talking about something that you loved, then I would be like, Oh my God, I heard you talking about this. And it would be like that relief, you know, at parties, or I would end up talking to my guys, uh, my friends that are guys, their girlfriends or wives, we would always have similar tastes. And I would always find myself talking to them more than I would be talking to my guy friends. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair enough. Well, you're <laughs> probably a more fun person at parties than me because I, 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 maybe I wouldn't quite corner people in person, but if, if I had a friend that showed a mild interest in pop culture, I'd be sending them links constantly and be like <laughs> breaking news and they'd be like, okay, you know, pandering to me, but thankfully I can give them a break now that I have the, the podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know. I, I mean, I, yeah, I imagine it's similar for you. Like people will be like, why do you like, how do you pull out all this information? Do you find it tiring to be researching? I'm like, this is, this is what I do. I can't stop. <laughs> this is how I yeah. am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is so much information flowing around right now that sometimes that, that is hard or frustrating or even piecing together the Vanderpump episodes, especially is that now there's so much every week and every day, there's so much new information to add to it that it's really hard to pull back and get a macro look at everything and also take into account the last 10 seasons or take into account, um, you know, what, you know, why this person feels this way about this character and try to, you know, and these are real people. So you're trying to think about the psychology of it on top of what you find humorous about it. There's so many different angles and it can get overwhelming at times, which just sounds so silly, but there really is so much information coming at us right now in particular with this show and that it can, it can be hard to, decipher and get through the weeds yeah well yeah i guess this 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 one show i sort of i feel like i have the files kind of like neatly filed away in my brain like the rest of my life is like on fire and and chaos but but like this is like i'm like oh yeah we're in season three like episode this oh my well that's i was talking to myself in my head today and i was I was, you know, they always say with, uh, you know, a lot of people that I've known or, you know, things in movies, you're like, oh, my life, you know, drugs and alcohol have made my life unmanageable, you know, like, and I'm like, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, like I, I'm not addicted to anything, but the, these shows and this, but my life is unmanageable right now. Like I can deal with Vanderpump rules. Anything else in my life is completely unmanageable and it is just there's just things stacking up everywhere. So it's like, this is the one thing, but anything else, like you can ask any, like any of my actual friends or be like, why don't you text me back? Or even like DMS, like all of that is hard. And it seems like as Tom Sandoval would say in regards to breaking up with the Ariana, you know, it's my Mount Everest, dude. Like it's so impossible for me to think about organizing or, you know, but this one thing I feel like I can do decently. Yeah. Oh my God. The amount of, I know the amount of unread texts and unread emails. I'm like, it stresses me out if I start thinking about it, but that's why I just don't think about it. I just ignore it forever. Yeah. I I find myself sending a lot of apology late, like a week late. Like, I'm so sorry. I, you know, and then you're like, I saw this, but then I didn't respond. And then I completely forgot about it. And then I remembered it. And now it's a week later and I'm so sorry. You know, there's a lot of apologies and I'm the kind of person that would take that stuff personally. So I'm just like, God, how many people are potentially pissed out there that I have not responded to something? And that's the stuff you're like, oh, God. And then you just watch another episode of Vanderbump Rules and forget about it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like being like, sorry, I'm late due to the way that I am as a person. Uh, like that's the most honest answer I can give. But you know, I think we kind of briefly talked about this. I think on your podcast, but like this is really who we are. And I think the people that have been listening to us for both of our podcasts know that this is not. This is not a front that we're putting on. We're not like trying to be. Quirky. Yeah, I, I not, like he. I'm pretending to be. I think, like- yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I always yeah. I was like, you guys, this isn't like a bit. You know, like this isn't a cute bit that I do of like I'm so disorganized. This is an actual thing that's very real that actually keeps me up a lot of the times. Like I will be, I will worry about stuff like this where it completely deactivates me and I can't move at all. You know, like I really and it's you just think about like oh my god, it's like. Oh, just think about the stuff I forgot in the the past year. What about the past 10 years? What about the past? You're just like, it, it becomes overwhelming. And I keep wondering, when is the gonna, when is the day that I'm going to turn it all around? When is the day? What is going to be the inciting incident that makes me go? Because you know, for me, it's hard for me to just like, yeah, it's just the way I am. Like, I feel guilty about that. Like, I'm like, no, this can't be the way I am. But it kind of essentially is. It's the carrot dangling in front of me, like always just out of reach. <laughs> well, <laughs> but- and I... Yeah, it's like that part of it, like, or maybe I always need to feel bad about something. Maybe this is there so I can always have something to feel guilty about, you know? Well, well, something that you can feel good about is the fact that we attract like-minded people. And so a lot of your listeners are going to feel the same way and then take comfort in this little escape from all those worries with the pod. And that's that's what we're trying to create here. And so... You know, we've got we've got fellow hot mess expresses listening to our pods and we get to all kind of be in this like fun little club together. Um, but speaking of podcasts, so last was it last week that I was on your pod? Like, what is time? I'm like, <laughs> I feel like 10 years uh, goes a by. Weekend, uh, I think it was a week or well, two weeks. It'll be two weeks ago this Sunday we talked. Okay, so and then about- I think I released it on Tuesday. So yeah, less yeah. Than two weeks. I I know. I'm like I'm fully. I'm just. I I know time by like markers of like Scandaval events. It's like I'm completely warped. Um, but this is non-Scandaval related. So we talked Taylor, and I just briefly want to check back in with Taylor. So we talked about Maddie Healy and Taylor Swift and all the reasons why um i think she's a piece of shit or he's a piece of shit he uh, it's like, oh, he, oh god go. swift yeah, <laughs> well wow. I was gonna, you know i was gonna say swifties like yeah don't be mad but it's funny because i haven't really gotten anyone too angry about this like i think a lot of people are feeling the same way since i put this out there i was really freaked out too in the beginning put it out there and i think I don't know. Maybe I just don't have that type of Swifty on my page, but I I will say wholeheartedly that he is a piece of shit, not Taylor, but I'm disappointed in the whole occurrence. Well, it's like anything you try to think about the, you know, okay. So if he is a piece of shit working backwards, what would then make Taylor Swift like a piece of shit? Taylor Swift seems very aware of all pop culture realms. I mean, this man has made fun of Ice Spice and now she dropped a sing, you know, she dropped a song with Ice Spice, said she's the one to watch. I'm like, what kind of weird reverse psychology thing are we doing here? And is this another one of those elements of a woman trying to clean up a man's mess? Like there, there is a lot of interesting discourse and I'm just shocked that Taylor isn't more on top of this, but maybe she's in her... I don't give a damn era. This is me. Like we just said about ourselves in terms of organization. Maybe this is her. I deserve whatever I need moment. You know, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean that that was that was the news I was going to bring up and and I think she doesn't care. It for me, I mean, if she was dating this guy on the side, I'm like I I fully understand um the world of dating down and <laughs> ignoring all the red flags like I'm way too familiar with that. So I'm like that I get, but it's like the putting it on in public. Once you put him on stage or I guess hey, he hasn't been has he been on stage? She's mouthed. They mouthed like that. They well, she I was love on with Phoebe. Each other. She was good. She he was playing with Phoebe on the opening. He was uh, he came out with Phoebe Bridgers a bunch of the opening dates, uh, right. and would play with her band. So he was on that stage, just not with Taylor. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah. So there's that, and there's the holding hands in public, which to me is a public endorsement. So that's what I'm addressing because I think there's a lot that goes on in her personal life that you know, we know nothing about, but the Ice Spice collaboration is so weird. Like even the caption, the way she was like, you, you guys talked and we listened, here's this remix. And it feels like, I feel, I shouldn't feel bad for Ice Spice because she has ownership in this, but at the same time, Taylor Swift's the most powerful artist. Are you going to turn her down for a collab? Like no one would. Well, is it Ice Spice for some reason? I feel like she's getting passed around. Like, you know, she's going over to play with North and the Kardashians. She's on the the Met Gala stay. You know, it's like she is having a moment. But at the same time, I'm, you know, Taylor and their her paragraph about her was like, what a work ethic. Oh, my goodness. And I only know her from the the one the one TikTok song so far. And that's my my bad. But like, is she as amazing as everybody is? Like, I, I don't dislike her. I just. I'm not familiar with her, you know, like her body of work yet. And I don't even know if she has a body of work, but I'm just like, when people say industry plant, it's starting to get weird of like, is she this? I mean, is she just the, this person? Is she like, is this Beyonce? Well, I mean, in, in some ways, I think with the way that the music industry works, I kind of feel like everyone is quote unquote, like industry plant in the way that it used to be just a few people plucked uh and then you know put forth i think now in order to make it big you need that big marketing machine behind you i think very yeah. few, few artists make it without that no and she has it right now i mean she really she has she has the eyes of the world on her i'm i mean it's just very curious i mean taylor swift is in a she can do anything phase it's just what you do with that you know, and if you are starting to alienate your initial fan base or if they're with you on everything, but for somebody who's made a, a lot of her her work and her living based on like kind of very true ideals and a lot of people look up to those to kind of potentially negate some of that stuff, I think would be wildly disappointing to a lot of people or is. Yeah. I mean, she said on stage, I've never been happier. And it's not yeah, just yeah. because of like, it's damn. not just because of tour. It's because yeah. of my personal life. She really she basically spelled it out. So. And girl, I'm like, don't give this guy that I mean, even if you feel that way, don't give this guy this power this quick early on. Like he's like, Yes, yeah, right, it's right. You love it. You love it. Like are yeah. you I'm like, don't give this guy the satisfaction. Cause he I mean, Maddie Healy seems like he digs it. Maddie Healy seems like he he digs this the the stage like and I, yeah. you know i know he's had his own success with the 1975 but this is a whole different animal and uh you know part of me i had this weird sick fantasy that she was doing this she's going to get him really in love with her and then completely break up with him and destroy him like emotionally uh kind of like uh sandoval potentially did with ariana in the beginning i was like what if she's doing this just to get back 
for all of these things that he said over the years. She's playing the long game. Yeah, like who knows? Like maybe she's just that good. She's like, I'm going to make this guy feel real love for one of the first times in his life. And then I'm going to completely destroy it. She's like, she's going in and infiltrating people that have upheld like white supremacy. And she's like, has this elaborate. She's like, I'm I'm in. She's, it's 21 Jump Street, man. She is in there. She is, she is undercover. Yeah. She's like, you guys thought that I didn't care about the Nazi stuff. Actually, that's why I'm here. And you'll see in about six months from now, I'm (laughs) destroy this man. You never know. She seems like she does plan things out. So uh, who knows? And we've all made horrible, horrible mistakes. And sometimes the partners we've chosen, but it's weird to do it on this big of a stage. But I will say what I'm curious about though, is that a lot of stars and other artists co-sign on this guy. And I, I'm not saying I don't dislike the 1975's music. I was only recently aware of some of the troubling things that he said. And I think a lot of those were, were talking to you. I wonder what all of these other people, these stars, like what are they what are they co-signing here? What are, what are we not getting as an audience? Is this all like a big funny joke? What cuz it, you know, what is this? Is is Taylor going to go on the Adam Friedland show next? I mean, well, I mean, if you look at how many celebrities attended the Met Gala to honor Karl Lagerfeld and who knows yeah. what else it, it, Well, that was another person I had no idea of the atrocities in his past. Like I, the Met Gala came and went. And then all of a sudden I started reading articles about Carl Lager. I was like, Oh, Oh, Oh wow. That's wild. So I don't know. I mean, if it's, I know we all have our demons obviously, but it is interesting then to read about these people after the fact. And you're like, how did well, they yeah. get this big to begin with? If this is how they were. Well, yeah, he, I mean, he is from a different time. So I guess bringing him back up is going to reemerge all these facts, but in a different time. But it's like, it's not, he's not just your run of the mill, shitty old man. Like he's like the only person in the world that hates fat people, like more than James Kennedy. Does. Yeah. I was like, well, come on. DJ James Kennedy hates. Well, the funny thing about Carl Lagerfeld, the, the reason I do remember him from pop culture is I remember there was, uh, if you guys all remember when Carl Lagerfeld was heavy. He was heavy and then got super skinny again. Like if you look up old like uh, pictures of 19 in the 90s, I believe, Carl Lagerfeld got pretty hefty um, and then lost a boatload of weight. Then all of a sudden he was skinny, skinny again. And this is pre-Ozempic. So he was just a little gremlin who hated himself because he said a lot of homophobic things too. So I guess he just truly hated everything that he represented. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, but obviously that didn't slow him down and it doesn't stop people from loving him. I mean, you know, the Met Gala obviously was a, you know, a big celebration of uh, of him and his work. So I don't know, I keep wondering about that as if any of us really make any kind of impact ever in our lives. Um, you know, what what are what are potentially our troubling elements? You know, what what will people say about us? You know, what will and I don't mean uh, like us particularly, but it is one of those things. You're like, well, what are the, is everybody at this point have something deeply troubling about them? Are there uniquely good people out there still, you know, from top to bottom? And that'll change with time because like, I think about like, okay, how they used to smoke in operating rooms and it's like, you know what? And then now we're like, okay, that's ludicrous. No one would ever smoke a cigarette (laughs) within a hospital. But like, what is that of this time? What will they look at in 15, 20 yeah. years or more and be so horrified that we thought that this was okay and normal. 
Yeah, because I, I, mean, I feel like by today's standards, we're we're fine. But in what is going to stand the test of time? Well, and that you know, and that's a lot of society's backlash on the quote unquote woke, you know, which I think is completely ridiculous. Like, but it is that kind of fear of what else is next? What's going to be wrong that I did? You know, it's like this really weird fear that uh, I don't think takes place in reality a lot of the times because I'm like half the stuff you're afraid about has nothing to do with you. I mean, the fact we're shooting up Bud Light cans is completely ridiculous to me because I'm like, wait, we're upset about alcohol now. Like this is alcohol. Like, you know, we're all supposed to be potentially against alcohol. Like that's something we can all agree that might not be the best thing for anybody. But now we're upset because of who is drinking the alcohol. Like, wait a sec, shouldn't we be upset about anybody drinking alcohol? Like I, I dig alcohol, but I mean, isn't out, al- we were always told alcohol isn't really good for you, but now it's fine. It's just that we got to really look at who's drinking it. That's where it's, that's where the real problem is. And that just didn't make any sense to me. No, it didn't. Something you said about the people like having nothing, to, nothing real to worry about. It's like, I mean, I would also, I would argue that the people that are so riled up about the quote woke mob, those are the shitty people that actually do have something to be worried about. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the people mean, are like, they don't let you say anything these days. <laughs> like yeah. women are crazy. You can't ask anyone on a date. It's like, they actually <laughs> are the ones that probably should be looking at themselves. Yeah. I mean, those, you see that on Twitter all the time. The people like, that are like basically incels and you're like, yeah, man, women should be deathly afraid of you. You come off creepy as hell. Like those are the ones, like, of course, I mean, like I would, if I had a daughter, I wouldn't want you to come talking to him. Like, of course, like if, if any, if girls are treating you weird, I know why look at your behavior. Like it's right here in print. Yeah. 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 I'm in such a bubble that I kind of like, I, I forget sometimes that those people like exist in real life and not just online. And, and I encountered, a guy like that recently he was like his kid you know he had a kid on the way and he was just like yeah i'm just glad it's a boy because you know you can like play sports with them like girls it's like you gotta like protect them always and i was just like <laughs> okay <laughs> this is like what are we in <laughs> what are we in the 1950s like a boy you can play baseball and a girl yeah and i'm like make sure they stay like locked away in the kitchen like what well, I mean, even you could argue, I mean, just even to bring it back, because I think so much about this in terms of Vanderpump rules now. I mean, we've really, you know, these men on this show are raised to, you know, not face hard situations, you know, to look after themselves first and their own needs and their own mojo. Then when they have the opportunity, they do not take the opportunity to actually confront painful situations. They make them more painful and they make themselves hurt more in the end. But they're, you know, it's all kind of like selfishly based. And then, you have the women on Vanderpump Rules making hard choices and decisions. I mean, Katie had to end her marriage because she was not getting what she wanted. I mean, this guy would have stayed with her forever, but he would have cheated on her the whole time. It would have been completely miserable. Like he was too chicken to make that decision and she made it for him. You have Ariana saying, okay, yeah, now I found out we're done. We're done with it. Like these people seem like Ariana's even telling like, hey, Schwartz, I can't be your friend. You're friends with him. I hope you appreciate. I, I hope you can appreciate where I'm coming from. These are hard conversations to have. And I just I, it's very interesting that the women on these shows are able to have those hard conversations, make those tough decisions. And the men on those shows seem to completely run away from any kind of thing that would potentially bust up their day and date that day. 
Like, no, it's too hard, dude. It's too, I got a show to go to later, man. I, I can't do that. And it's weird. It's really, and I think, um, I I've been guilty of that in the past. I think a lot, you know, and I find that where is that mindset coming from? It's, it's really interesting. And it's like, you see it everywhere. So, okay. So I, Completely agree on the men's side of things that, you know, they're completely avoiding responsibility. They're not growing. I will also say, though, I feel in a lot of ways, maybe this is controversial. I don't know. But the the women like Katie and Lala have also not grown or taken responsibility, but they didn't start. They're not as rotten and they never were even remotely as rotten as the guys are. So I kind of see them really stagnating in terms of well at least this moment at the reunion where you had i had katie talking about how sheena has this pattern of no loyalty and i'm like and and, you know and lala's like of course i'm not a bully and i'm like well i think i would argue that yeah both of you guys seem like the popular girls that i'd be scared of I see it with Lala more than I see it with Katie. Katie, I know what you're talking about in regards to that Sheena moment, but she was also talking like, Sheena, I've seen a pattern of with you over the years of attaching yourself and giving everything you have to people that haven't necessarily earned it. And, you know, like Katie, like giving herself, I mean, Sheena giving herself to Raquel immediately, you know, like I'm, I'm fully in support of this person. I'm fully, and you know, she had only known her like a year and a half or two years, like re- realistically, but also it's a byproduct of how she felt about Katie in those moments because she had felt, you know, potentially bullied by her and Stassi in earlier seasons. But I even noticed with Sheena, like, I mean, I was looking at Sheena's Instagram the other day and she was like doing a viewing party up in like, uh, Orange County or something. And Gretchen Rossi was sitting right next to her. And I was like, Dude, don't like, like watch the people that are trying to attach themselves to you. She seems like she has like this big open heart and the wrong people attached to it. Like, I just get that sense. And I felt like that was also something Katie was saying of like, be careful who you are just giving yourself away to. But I thought the show did a great presentation of both of those sides because they also showed those clips in the past of Sheena um, going up against Katie and Lala, you know? That's a really good point. And I like sometimes I wonder if I'm such a Sheena apologist, like just to be a contrarian because I love of- Sheena. No, I'm not. Yeah. Wait, I love Sheena, but I, I I also like to stay in somewhat reality is that, you know, yeah. Sheena's not, you know, uh, 360 perfect, like no way. And that's what we love about Sheena. And, and Sheena, you, you know, you got to hand it to her. Once she did find out what was actually going on, she immediately was like, screw you. I'm not going to hit you because these talons can't close, but I am going to shove you and I'm going to completely stop talking to you. And then that last scene with Sandoval in the finale was beautiful. I mean, that's another hard conversation to have. You saw how much it broke her up, but it was like, I can't do this with you. You know, uh, you're not the person I thought you were. And it was a really fascinating way to end that finale. That's true. And yeah, I guess, I mean, me saying that Katie hasn't grown, like, maybe that's too harsh of a read and, and I'm coming in too much to defend Sheena. Like, I maybe I'm, I'm on that side. I think there's there's something about Sheena that I think I it always just has my sympathy. And then there's this added something about even, like, her flaws I find comedy in. Like, I don't know if you saw when, yeah. she, was headed, when she was headed to court to get the restraining order <laughs> dropped. She's like, 
on my way to court wearing my Viva Verano lashes. <laughs> Coach Sheena. I was like, Sheena, you never stop hustling. Like, <laughs> But Sheena doesn't realize that sometimes we find that stuff funny. That's really who Sheena is. Like Sheena's, you know, Sheena is rocking those shades. Sheena is rocking factor meals for 30% off. Sheena is like, and sometimes we can see the silliness in that, which I know she takes deathly serious. But I always say like everybody says two things can be true at once. I think Katie has grown in a lot of ways, you know, one being that she finally put herself first and it'll be interesting to see next season and potentially the season after of the things that actually happen in her life. You know, really it is that thing of like, okay, now you do not have Schwartz, you know, potentially to, you know, not keep you down, but like, let's see what you actually do with this. And I think it's a, it's an exciting moment for her, but Sheen has always been that person that's outwardly comic even though she doesn't know she is. That's the thing. She's not in on the joke. And I just find that so endearing. <laughs> like, but, but the thing is, I think she would potentially, I I've noticed that, you know, like I sometimes wonder if like, I think she's leaned into that more of appreciating that. But I think at first that potentially offended her, you know, that we all thought yeah. she was hysterical, you know, of just like, it's all happening. She's like, that's actually my tattoo, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I still don't know. I think she knows that like we find there, there's something that she's like tuned into, but she's just, it, it's okay. Not everyone has to be an inherently funny person. And so like, even when she's like, Hey guys, I got a little joke for you. It's always like, <laughs> I know just... it's like the laugh the everything. I mean, it's to me, it's perfect. And I, I love her for that. And I love that she's, I don't know. I, I, I yeah, she, I really, really dig Sheena a lot. And I, I think it's interesting to watch her grow over these last 10 seasons and see where she's at now, because I know she is an amazing mother. I know how seriously she takes motherhood. I know how, you know, but at the same time, she's one of the biggest shit stirrers on this show. I mean, how we started the show was like her podcast shenanigans. She was like, Schwartz, let me interview. She, do you want to hook up with Raquel? <laughs> you know, and, and there was this undercurrent of getting back at Katie in that. And you can't deny that. Like that was a big shit stirrer moment. But she also made herself necessary on that show because a lot of people don't know, like she was a day player this season. She wasn't even a full time cast member and she made herself necessary. She made herself so they needed her every shoot day almost. And I think that's brilliant. Yeah, it's it's so rude that they did that in the first place. And now now look at them. It. Now look at them combing through her vlog. Being yeah, those man. vlogs. By the way, Sheena, where were your vlogs on those like nights over at Ariana's when Tom Sandoval's coming in and screaming? We needed your vlogs then. But that's part of the comedy of Sheena is that her vlogs are like, hey guys, we're going to Disney with Summer. And it's like, no, actually we want to watch you and Brock like having a little like tiff back and forth. And then we want to watch you like having a serious conversation with Ariana. But like, that's not in there. It's just like, all right guys, now we're going to this pool party. I remember back in the day when Sheena first started those vlogs and, you know, we would all kind of make fun of it a little bit or we would joke about it. And now it's like it just shows you is that like stick with something like screw the haters. If you have something you want to do, whether it be podcasting, whether it be go do it like people might make fun of you like but like keep doing it. You never know. Like now we all like, oh, thank God we have Sheena's vlogs. Thank God we have these clips to pull from. It might not be exactly what she wanted us to get out of it, but it's something. And like that's wild like that's to, to stick with something and screw all the negative like the voices i pray to be like that one day that kind of obliviousness can really help you in this industry uh, 
yeah a hundred percent yeah now yeah now everyone's celebrating the vlogs i mean i i enjoyed them before because i always basically i don't want to be in silence i want something (laughs) i want something to drown out the noise at all times so i want music or sometimes that that's kind of her vlogs have almost been like asmr to me like it's just kind of like this noise in the background well listen my podcast is a lot uh like that for a lot of people and i'm like hey man yeah just like somebody they're like i love cleaning my cat's litter box to you and i was like hell yeah like keep uh, that's a lot of shit i mean that is that's gotta be you know but amazing yeah, yeah like take take this use it however you want to use it yes and so speaking of sheena i I'm going to get into the reunion, but first I just wanted to take a little detour into the world of Vanderpump Rules Astrology. So my on the Patreon, I do this a lot, but I haven't really done it on the main feed. But I just need a little like moment moments break in my mind from like all the yelling and all the intensity because it's been very riveting, but it's it's a lot. So I have said before that basically it's water sign energy that makes this cast go round. So water signs are, um, they're emotional. They tend to be moody. They're just very, have very strong gut feelings. And you have Tom Sandoval, Ariana, um, you had Stassi who's on the show. They're all, um, water signs. You have, um, yeah, Stassi, you have, there's a lot of sun and cancer and like strong cancerian like little crab energy and i would think that it would be fire signs on reality tv that would be fueling us forward fire signs it's just it's very intuitive they're very fiery people they're fiery but it's it's the emotional it's the level of being emotional that really underpins this and i pulled up our charts you and me and i wanted to see which well which cast members they're the most similar to and am i peter i'm peter aren't i actually they're the most similar to sheena (laughs) 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 hey guys well check it out on my blog yeah (laughs) yeah i think you should be yeah maybe you have a future in vlogging but no but you both so you both have a son in taurus so i don't know how much um, you know about like Taurus mentality. I don't, I know, I know I'm stubborn. I know, I know the basic things. And I, I sub, I follow some Taurus Instagram account and I'll always get those and I'll be like, am I like that? I'll, like, I always like doing that. I'm like, Oh, I like cereal. Like it's always like silly things. And I'm like, that is me. So well, I don't know, but I, I've never really dug deep. I, it's something that I want. If I ever go to prison, I'm going to get super into astrology because I'll have the time, but it seems like a full-time job to be into astrology. Oh yeah. I mean, that's another one of my obsessions and, and I won't, and I won't stick on this too long, but I mean, the thing about Taurus, the Taurus sign is that it's always like snacks and stubborn. That's all it is. And it's like snacks and stubborn. <laughs> like people are always like, I do like oh. snacks. I mean, yeah, everyone loves snacks. That's the thing. And and like, you know, everyone can dig their heels in at some point. Um, although except for Schwartz because he's a triple Libra, but I'll put put a pin in that. <laughs> but but it's a fixed earth sign. So yeah, Taurus can be stubborn, sure, but really like they're just good at sticking with it. Like whatever it is, like you saying, like just pick something and stick with it no matter what. That is the most Taurus mentality. And it's the same with Sheena. Like it's like the, in the way that it's either the ox or the bull. So it takes a lot to piss off a Taurus. They're pr- they can be pretty chill, but 
if provoked, if needed, they can bring out the bull. Like it's it's within them. But in general, yeah. they'll sort of have those blinders on and just be like head down, just trucking along with what they're doing. It's not a super like in your face kind of way of living, but it's just like this quiet resolve. And then both of you have, and then both of you have strong um, Aries. You both have a Mercury in Aries, which means that's like your style of communicating. And it's a fire sign. It's like the fiery warrior sign. It's like people that are, that have their Mercury in Aries are just very quick to just speak in a way that's really passionate. They'll take their ideas and be able to convey it with a lot of like enthusiasm and it's great because it kind of balances out that like Taurus. I mean, it's good to have resolve, but then it's good to also just like be off the cuff and, you know, uh, get, get excited about things. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely me on the podcast. Yeah. 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 I mean, usually like, uh, yeah, you kind of, you either need, I think a lot of fire sign or air sign energy to be a podcaster and air signs are just <laughs> intellectual airy. It's kind of like, again, intuitive. It's, it's what you'd imagine. It's just sort of like a little bit of head in the clouds, but also head in the books and very engaged. All you guys be careful with you're pregnant. You might be, you make sure you're not raising podcasters. You know, you're like, <laughs> we can't have you with these signs. We got to hold off on the birth because they might turn into a podcaster. I, I actually I have had friends who have held off on when they're when they tried to have a kid because they're like this is too much at risk like more for <laughs> there's too much at risk well like they're they're more for compatibility with their sign because I don't know like every every Valentine's Day like it circulates like oh like Valentine's Day be careful or you'll have a Scorpio which is me um, like I you know Scorpios are the most quote unquote like feared sign. Uh, wow yeah i mean i guess people can't handle people that are real no (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i i I don't know why that is scorpios are also a water sign so it's just people that are very um intense about things which not everyone lives intensely and i envy those people um but the it's just yeah, it's just a, a, all in your feels, which <laughs> for me, just, you know, it keeps the hot mess express going. And for this cast, it just makes great TV. Um, yeah. But you have you have Ariane and Sandoval are both sun and cancers, which are also, I would argue, in a lot of ways, kind of more stubborn than Taurus in in a lot of ways, like very, very resolved to be living in a certain way. And in the same way that there's the archetype is a crab they are i'm not just talking about ariana and and tom i'm talking about all cancers i would say the most different at home versus in public and that's because they're so sensitive so they need to create this cozy inner world that whoever they let into that world that's who's going to know that side of them and then when they're out a lot of drag queens are sending cancers it's just this dual life that you need to create due to all the sensitivity I like that you're potentially like Tom has a lot of aspects of a drag queen. He's creating this gigantic character at his, uh, his cover band shows that the white nail polish and the, well talk about like this is, yeah, this is like talk about obsession. Like at one point I wanted to see like of all the RuPaul's drag race Queens, like what's the, what's like the most frequent astrological sign and it's sun and cancer. And I think that's because they're, they just have that, that dual existence. Um, 
Has anybody ever lied about their birth date and time so they like get they get impress astrology people? They'd be well, like, "Holy shit, you're a double triple moon Libra rising." Like, has anybody ever done like I, I'm going to impress the hell out of them with my sign? Well, I think you can't because everyone is going to have their biases and i mean scorpio being the most hated sign that's like that's your biggest like giveaway that everyone has these different takes because i secretly think scorpios are the best sign this is when my <laughs> sometimes like narcissist oh yeah, my yeah. god oh yeah 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 just alternating between a god complex and an inferiority complex it's great but no like i i think that um scorpios are the best because they're just the most um they're very real very like loyal very um like strong defenders of their friends like people uh will characterize them as aggressive i don't feel very aggressive although if you mess with the people in my life like that's when i think that side comes out um but i don't know like you you look at um you look at this cast and the the one who you know one of the, the one that's i guess the most hated right now rachel uh is a virgo and they're characterized as kind of quiet and kind of boring which is definitely not the case with her well but on the face of it she does come off if we if, if none of this had happened i would have thought she was a little boring that's true yeah that's true and she she has a virgo sun and a sagittarius moon just meaning that like her inner world is very fiery very very fiery and kind of more spontaneous and on the outside seems kind of calm and quiet but the last thing i want to say about vanderpump rules astrology is that she is currently going through her saturn return and what that means is saturn is like it's kind of like the planet of housekeeping and it makes a full turnaround the earth every 29 years um and so every 29 years, you basically get the foundations and like structure of your life shaken up and have this really soul searching moment of like, am I in the right place? And it lasts from about 27 to 30. You you have it happen again when you're 54 to 58. So that's like the classic like. So when she's in it right now. Yeah. And that's and, and 54 to 58 is the classic like, you know, men buying convertibles and like motorcycles and just <laughs> like, oh, my men God, cheating on with Raquel. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom keeps talking about this midlife crisis, which have you have you ever had an age that you turned that just the concept of it freaked you out? Because weirdly for me, that was 25. I had this full like quarter life crisis at the idea of 25. I think I was like just graduated and I was like, I need to be an adult and I don't know what that is. I think I freaked out about age at a very early age, you know, like it was one of, I mean, but I'm a pessimist and things like that. So, you know, to me, it's like, oh man, another year. And also when I came out here to Los Angeles, I was, you know, trying to be an actor and you just, you know, you realize as you got older, how ridiculous that dream was. And you're like, why didn't any of my professors tell me? Like, or you start to, you're like, oh my God, what am I doing out here? Thankfully I discovered podcasting, but you know, I was very aware and still am of age of like, oh shit, because it's that thing of like, ah, oh, damn, like it, it is, it is, it age is something I think about every day. And it's something I freak out about every day. Um, you know, there's not a, a day that goes by that I do not think about a ticking clock of some sense. I wouldn't call that a midlife crisis. Um, 
in the sense of like what Tom is trying to refer to it, but I, I feel there's just a lifelong crisis for, for me personally, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way, but also I think LA is good at compounding that because I, I only spent a brief amount of time there. Like, but it's like, it's the land of beautiful people. Like, and, and everyone is just, it's like all the big fish, like from all their little towns have, have gone there. And, and I found myself like at just clubs, like looking around being like, wow, I don't know, even just people having like really put together looks like um, I'm in Montreal where it's a bit more of like a grungy, weird kind of artsy scene. And I just, I don't know. I think that and like the profession of acting, like it, it puts that pressure on people with age. And that's what, that's what Tom wanted to be, Tom Sandoval, when he first showed up on the show. Well, yeah, listen, I mean, I worked at the acting studio where all these people went. You know, I remember, like, I had all of Tom Sandoval's acting notes and Tom Schwartz's acting notes and Ariana's acting notes and Sheena's acting notes. We had all of those in our system. And it was very, you know, like every, that's why it's so interesting is that this show, you know, it's a lottery for these people. Like, they won the lottery in a lot of ways. It's just that they're monopolizing their pain instead of their talent. And that's a very weird place to do. But in, in to, you know, today's entertainment landscape is so much different than it was 10 years or 20 years ago when, you know, I mean, like, listen, I was watching the premiere of the Kardashians and they started off with like this insane music video and a roller skating rink. And they're like, we just thought it would be fun to do a music video. And I'm like, yeah, in the old days, people would do those when they actually had a song. And now people are just doing music videos because they're a celebrity like there's no song we've taken away the actual talent that used to go along with music videos and now here it is it's kylie skating yay and i thought that was so fascinating is that we've taken sometimes the talent out of it and now the talent is just these people themselves Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Okay, it's funny. Yes, while that's true, I watched the Kardashians and the way that I interpreted that is that they, they have all these home movies from like the 90s and the early 2000s where they're doing little silly music videos, but it's like VHS or like that fuzzy, you know, like they're filming on their Blackberries. And so I kind of felt like they were like, yeah, let's get back to that. That was so fun when we used to do fake music videos, but it's too produced to be relatable. Yeah. I think that's kind, but yeah, when you're spending a million dollars on the opening and put it to a Beyonce song, which the song clearance for even for that alone must have been insane. But, you know, even I, you know, the, back the old days when Chris would be like, I love my friends. I love it. You know, right. when she did that, at least she was singing. At least there was like something to it. We've now taken the actual, you know, it is just funny. They sell themselves and a lot of reality stars were selling themselves, but that is just as valid as any other kind of art form in this day and age. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think them opening their show with 
five minutes of them roller skating is like the perfect it's like the symbol of like where they are now because i think i think there was something of like let's have fun let's loosen up like let's like do something different this season because what we're doing is not working but then it's like okay ladies like no one this is not hitting the mark and no one knows how to be relatable in this family so don't try and I think they've been confused for many, you know, I I think the comment about having fun is really interesting, but at the same time, their actual lives are potentially not fun and there's so much drama, but you wouldn't know it sometimes by watching the show. The show has never fully actually shown us what goes on in their lives. You know, all of these other press does that for us. So the show has been this weird kind of misnomer where you're like, oh my God, this is completely fake. You know, we know, like they'll give us little crumbs of their lives. I think they had, I, I tweeted this yesterday. I think they had a really bad go of it on releasing in the midst of Scandaval because we see something really deathly real. And then you compare to the Kardashians, you're like, Oh, why am I even eating this? Like this doesn't even, I'm glad you guys are having fun. Cause I am not getting anything from this in a lot of ways. So I'm glad you're doing wish fulfillment. And, but the show to me has been wish fulfillment. Like we, you know, the, when they started on Hulu two seasons ago, it was Kim hosting SNL. Kim, like it was one amazing thing happening for Kim after the next. And it's like, great. But at a certain point, there's all of this other underbelly of their lives going on. You had, you know, Astro World. You had Kanye's disintegration, which they bring up very minuscule. You have Scott being pushed out completely in the second season. You have Courtney hating her family. So you get hints at all of these things. I mean, but they have to beg Kendall and Kylie to be on this show. In fact, their whole scene the other day was Kendall teaching Kylie how to drive a stick on a Porsche. And usually and you would be like, like okay. I feel like it lasted for like 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, and the great the thing is, okay, that's great. That's a good thing. But usually during that, you'll talk about something that's happening in your lives. No, no, Kylie, each car is like it's different animal. You've got to feel the car, Kylie. Like there's no, it's just like, yeah, guys, thank you for filming a whole scene, but you could have actually talked about something like, hey, what's going we on with Bad watched, Bunny? What's yeah, going on? You know? we, we, we just watched an unedited driving lesson. Oh, like that was it. I was like, I was like, maybe, like, I don't, maybe I know how to drive a stick now. It was the weirdest thing. Cause I'm like, once again, you're spending all of this money. It's the best lighting, best camera work, all of this stuff. No content, except uh, if you if you like watching these beautiful women in very rich cars, you know, no, or very expensive no one, cars. Yeah, no one no one cares, and and I do think again that well, was we them. Care? That's not true. Like I'll keep watching it. You'll watch it. Like we care. I just in this day and age, I'm like maybe we could expect more. And I, that's what I was curious about. If Chris and the production team behind this looks at the ratings for Scandaball and goes you know, we have scandal happening in our family every year. What if, and this is a crazy, what if we told the truth one season? It might be at risk to our family who doesn't need the money, but what if we did it just for pride? What if we did it just to show how much of a kick-ass reality show we could have? And they just never have done that. Yeah, they need, they need to become so irrelevant and desperate that they finally tell the truth because even could the dip in ratings you, hasn't brought that on. Clearly, they're like, coming up. <laughs> It's like, well, could you imagine if they sat down and Chloe's like, okay, yeah. Okay. So a year ago, we all went on Ozempic for like five months. It really worked for me. Uh, Chloe's like, it gave me the shits, but I loved it. Then we got off that. And then we did have the BBLs a long time ago. And, oh, there's so many stories to tell you about. Like, what if they just came clean about everything? Like that would just, uh, that would drop our jaws. It would shut us up and they would win an Emmy. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I want logistics, like, when you get as many surgeries as they do, something that I imagine you would be at risk for is, like, getting hooked on on these pain med- this pain medication. Like, it's highly addictive, and it's a big risk for people doing surgery. So when you're doing surgery very regularly, and you have this big family, and you're all doing it, I'm like, have you guys struggled with this? Like, what is what is that like? Yeah. And I want to know, like, Rob, like Rob seems like the J.D. Salinger of the bunch now where he's like in hiding. He probably, you know, like, you know, there's got to be one of these kids, too, that they're going to grow up and one of them is going to hate the Kardashians. One of them is going to be like, this family's fake as F. I'm going to go to Greenpeace. Are you kidding? Like, you know, one of them is going to turn tail on all of these people. North. And that's the thing that I'm fascinated of. Like, who's going to reveal the secrets? North. I'm going to guess that's my vote now is North. She's going to defect. And like, I, she mean, already, I don't know. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, I could see it. You know, Kim keeps North really close to her, though, because I think she's like, I'm keeping this one close to, to the vest because she could potentially destroy me one day. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No. And she's, she's doing her best. Like sometimes the attitude she gives her, like, I find it very entertaining. Uh, but it's like North is North has a strong personality. I'm very excited one day for the North and Penelope show that they're going to inevitably do. Penelope. I always said about Penelope, she seems like she's like an old soul. Like she feels like she, like she's the kind of person that I'm like, I I bet she sees dead people, you know, like she just seems like really like, You'll die when you're 83. I see it in my mind's eye. Like one of those people that can predict the future. Yeah, I could. Wow. I could see. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think Courtney is a wise old soul and hasn't been able to fully bring that forth. Like I'm also a bit of a Courtney apologist. And actually, I've I thought of the whole episode. One of the more sincere and kind of interesting things that happened was her saying she said this thing about how like they know how to celebrate together, but they don't know how to be sad together. I was like, wow, that's deep. And then two seconds later, she's like, I'm ovulating. So me and Travis. Yeah, I got to fuck Travis in the bathroom. Will you wait one one second here, Kim? And I was like, these guys really are always straight up boning. Like, it's like, and I'm like, good for you. But I just, it's wild. The, these guys cannot get enough of each other. Like, good for them. But it is wild. I'm exhausted just watching a one hour show of them talking about how much they're banging. Like it's so, it's so I wild. Just, I mean, the amount of chafing and the amount of, I mean, just like, it seems like they're just like, and no, this, they like, I think it was last season, the season before realtors were showing them other people's houses and they're ba- like straight up finger banging in the backyard of this one. I'm like, this is not even your house yet, dude. Like chill out you guys. Yeah, I think we all thought it would maybe settle down at some point, but it seems like it's going strong in season three. Hey, amazing. Ama- the sad thing is, though, when it's gone this strong for this long, I always just the pessimist in me is like, it's going to be sad when that day is not when Travis is like, you know what, babe, I'm tired today. I'm tired. I got a headache, babe. I can't do it. Yeah, I I am. I am, I guess, a pessimist in that way where I'm always like, if something is like going well, either in my life or like I see something like them where it's like at that level of intensity i'm like yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy crash but like i don't know but it, who knows like you you cannot sustain that level of being obsessed with someone um for forever it's just i or may, maybe we're yeah wait listen i mean when are we gonna be sick of vanderpump rules like what's the what's gonna be the thing that that gets us on the downside of this thing 
Actually, yeah, like <laughs> everything that we said in the first half of the show, I guess negates that. Like, I guess you can't <laughs> be depressed for a really long period of time. No, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm gonna try to keep watching the Kardashians, but like, I just, it's just, it's so, it's so hard when they're like, we're gonna be vulnerable this time, we're gonna be real, and then Kendall's like, all right, come to my 818 launch party, and I'm like, Ken- they had robots, they had straight up robots, they had a guy in a jetpack flying in. I'm like. Okay, guys. Like, yeah. yeah, I got it. I got it. Like, Kendall, Kendall's the only person who could talk about the challenges of being a female founder in a male-dominated industry, and I'm like annoyed. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, but for once, like, wouldn't it be amazing? Because I always think about like, you know, the really people that like, you know, pull up their you know sleeves and do the roll up their sleeves and do the work. And like, I just never, I want to see more of Kindle getting in these factories doing like the, like, no, it's not good enough. We need higher quality. Like I want to see her really be that worker bee. And I just, I don't know. Something in me tells me that she leaves that to other people. <laughs> something in me tells me that she is not that worker bee. Like I truly wonder besides promotional events, how much of her time is dedicated to 818? I mean, I want to see how much time they're all dedicating. I want to see an uh, an actual schedule of their week, but like a post-mortem, like after their week, this is how many hours you spent, like Kim on your law stuff, Kylie going like, it should be more pink <laughs> to your like makeup stuff. <laughs> the, the trailer, yeah. they're like, follow me to work. And her hair's down. She's like, mm, more pink. <laughs> I, I always thought about Kylie in the lab coming up with the lip kits of like, yes, this is we've we've discovered the exact compound to make it so shiny on the lips. And it's sad because it's like these ideas and they had the money to promote these ideas. So good for them. And wealth builds wealth. And I always dreamed of looking at Kris Jenner's master calendar. And I wonder if she gives each girl their own color coding. Because I would like I would look at how they would like plan press releases or events and then drop in like actual relationships, breakups, all that stuff. It was like, it, it's just got to be the most insane calendar. If Chris really is managing all of these ladies, there's got to be some kind of master calendar of like, okay, we can do the launch for Courtney's vitamins over here. Cause Kim is going to drop her skims right over here. And to me, that is the most fascinated I am in terms of the work is how Chris Jenner goes about it. Yeah, and like, okay, we have these things on standby for the next controversy. Like, we have Chloe's name of yeah. Son. Like, if, some, if something, if we want to, if we want to back out of something, how, what can we give the press to ignore this other thing? Which, by the way, I am so perf- I'm like so creeped out by Kylie, Kylie and Chloe both not showing the faces of their son. Like, they always have their son's faces turned away, but the daughters are put front and center. It really freaks well, me out. Well, maybe they're still determining what those faces are going to look like. Maybe the surgery hasn't been done yet. Maybe, oh. I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't No, You don't know. Like, I mean, Chloe, it took her a long time to decide what face she wanted to go with. So you just don't know. Like, I mean, who knows? That's a really, that's a sick bird. It's no, it's, 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 I mean, it's the joke only works because there is truth to them changing their faces. Like, and by the way, did you see some of those shots of the still shots where it's like, Chris looks like she didn't get enough time to heal on whatever face work she did. Um, it's Kim, you know, the, the, the fascinating part of having these shows still on air 
is we, I would hope that they start looking at the content of it, because if not, we're going to start looking at on its face. And it is wild to start seeing age in some of the Kardashian women. Like I'm even seeing it with Kim now. And like Kim usually will like drop a new face every year and a half or like elements to the face. But now I'm like, I was starting to see Kim actually look tired. And I was like, yeah. this is wild to actually see Kim look tired. I never thought I'd see it. Yeah. And just how how thin her and Chloe have gotten in the last, I want to say, year, two years. How is Chloe more thin than Kim? It feels like. I know. No, they're both. It's the with the long nails. I, I was like, woo. I had a little. That long <laughs> nail look. Like, this is an SWV. We got to rein this back in. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Whatever. As, as much as I don't want this to be like a platform for like body shaming women like you guys okay listeners like you know what i'm trying to say like it is weird and i think it's working against them like i don't think they're realizing that i think when you are that underweight it, it's like sunken in and it does it kind of it kind of ages you which i think I, will, is, I think you know whatever people can embrace it or not but it's like that's what they're trying to fight against yeah i i uh i've yo-yoed yo-yoed in my weight a lot over my life and the last time I dropped a massive amount of weight, you know, I did it the right way. But then when it got to a point where it was actually working, I remember just kept losing weight and losing weight. And it was just like, oh, when is this going to, you know, when do I stop with this? Like, when do, when does this stop? Um, you know, and, and you get all those compliments, you get all that stuff. And um, it is weird though. Like you get on this thing where your body's actually working for you or not working for you doing, you know, just losing the weight and it's hard to get off of that because you get off on that. You're like, oh, this is amazing. Like, and then once you're off of that, it's hard to go back to that mindset that because it's a real mindset for Chloe to keep up what she's doing, because whatever she's on, she's also working out hard. She's also, you know, all of those things, obviously. But once you leave that mindset, it's hard to get back on that train. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's funny. Yeah. Like, I, I guess because I don't want to unintentionally like you know uh, it flame the fans of like I know a lot of people have like so many profound issues with with eating and stuff but I was just yeah I was just talking about that on the Patreon last week like I, I've had the biggest uh increase in weight in the past year and and I've sized out of most bra most brands of clothing that I like I can't buy clothes or anymore and it's like and and I'm just dealing I'm I'm now reckoning with the, a lot of things that I thought I had handled, I thought I was fine mentally, like I'm good, I feel great about this about myself. And then it's challenged, like as soon as I don't exactly fit this mold of what I imagined or like society, I'm like really, like <laughs> really, really um, struggling. So and I yeah. and I don't have the world telling me that I'm, you know, all the things that people say to Chloe every day of her life. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what it's like for, for her, you know, what she's gone through particularly, you know, because they listen, they would even say like, listen, you're not even really a part of this family. Robert's not your dad or you know, like there were really wild accusations thrown out at Chloe, but yeah, I'm, I'm there with you on all that stuff. Like I had to go out for a promotional event on Wednesday where, you know, I was paid to be there. Was this the I, thing? Yeah, it was that raising canes chicken thing with Ariana, oh and I was. I don't, I don't usually get FOMO. Sorry, I, sorry to interrupt. I I'm just no. like I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at just I, I don't get FOMO normally. But when once I saw like okay, Lauren and, and now Meredith and now John, I was like, wait, oh, I want to come. 
<laughs> yeah, I was. I, I mean, I was really. Uh, I was. Uh, I was happy to be invited, and I don't really do a lot of those, th- or and I don't really accept a lot of those things. But I was like, and I told the people because they they initially was like, "There's going to be a Bravo star at this raising canes, and we'd like you to come cover it." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I was like, "Wait a sec." I said, I will not come if it's Tom Sandoval. And I, I, I put that out there. I said, I won't, but if it's, you know, somebody else, I will. And it turned out to be Ariana. So I was very thrilled about that. But that I had a huge, I mean, I, I don't usually fully go out around people that I might know or people like, I don't, I have a real, I've, I've given myself a real complex about that. Like I'm either with my family or with, and, and like I said, I've, I've gained a bunch of weight and it's one of those things. Like even I was there and I was so self-loathing myself and I was so, and I gave myself the worst pressure headache. Like I was supposed to go to like some Vanderpump viewing party and I couldn't, I couldn't go. Like, you know, the thought of then going made my headache even worse. Cause I just didn't, I was like the thought of being around people and just, you know, and I, I, I and I, I got scared then. Cause I was like, man, you are really, there's some really weird mind shit happening around your body and what you think of yourself. And you're so, I'm so used to this format of talking into a camera or a microphone and I'm very comfortable with that. And I'm very uncomfortable. It seems with everything else at this point. And it didn't used to be like this. Of course, this all started because of the pandemic, you know, of course, Mm -hmm. but then I got, you know, I'm, I'm very used to my life being this, yeah. you know, and not being out of this. You uh, know? It's, it's so relatable too, because like sometimes, you know, people will say like, Oh, like, thanks, you know, for being vulnerable on the podcast. And I'm like, I'm in my living room in my jammies. Like this is no problem. Yeah, I'm safe. Yeah, I'll I'm safe. Whatever. I'll, I will spill my guts. Like, I don't care. I'm in my little happy zone, but yeah, it's really, it's really real. And, and I think that that's a post covid like that a lot of people are going through that and it's really real and then it's weird that it's sort of like happening at the same time as the like ozempic or whatever it is you know whatever i I mean listen i mean i i've not gone on ozempic and i don't you know like i i know there's you know that that is not it's not a weight loss drug it's based you know on medicine and things like that but like you know i'm like oh is that is that something that i should look into is that something but luckily I'm so disorganized that it'll probably never happen. I'll probably never get to that point, but it is just, we, you know, it is, it is one of those natural, I mean, that to me, I don't know if it's a midlife crisis, but it is something that I deal with every day in my head of just that getting older and the body, you know, just not participating the way you want it to participate. I used to read these articles. I remember Brad Pitt, he was like a cover for Rolling Stone when it was like interview with the vampire. I like, I remember this specifically and it took place at a Taco Bell. And I was like, this motherfucker can just be out there eating Taco Bell. Like ta- Brad Pitt, one of the best looking guys ever. And he just doesn't gain power. He's eating Taco Bell every day. He's like, you know, every woman thinks he's God's gift on Green's Earth. And he's eating Taco Bell on a daily. And I was like, I, I remember specifically, even back then, I was like, I could never do that. Lucky, lucky Brad Pitt. Good for him. <laughs> Good for Yeah. Well, I who knows what's going on behind the scenes because like while Ozempic is like a thing in the last couple of years, you know, I don't know who knows what like bootleg like steroids or we we don't know. And I think I think even though these are these things are relatable across the board, I think the next big wave that we are going to step into, or I hope is men to get into really addressing these issues and like 
you have the fitness community like that's like totally acceptable but if you imagine like the way that men talk within fitness I'm like you guys need a therapist <laughs> like you can <laughs> there's fitness and then there's like this like I have the next the calories for the next month planned out and like oh, I'm gonna yeah. tell like, you how and I'm I like mean, well to me that's like astrology like 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 the amount of work you're putting into this stuff it's another thing that I'm like, well, that I can't do that. Like, I just, that's not, that wouldn't be conducive to my lifestyle now. And, and that's what I was talking about mindset. When you get in that mindset of obsession about losing weight and getting healthy and all of this stuff, it really does take over. I mean, I remember when I was following this very strict diet, you know, it was like, my morning shake, my da 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 da, gotta get the snack, gotta get this, you know, and like, oh my God, I forgot to eat this at this time. I guess I have to go without. Like, I got obsessed and it worked, but it's an obsession, you know? Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny actually when you were like, which Bravo celebrity is it? I know you and I both fear getting roasted by James Kennedy. So I was like, <laughs> Oh God, you fat fuck. What's yeah. up, Ryan Bailey at Raising Canes? It's me, DJ James Kennedy, poo-poo heads. Yeah, yeah. I actually did you notice in the reunion he said to Tom at one point when him and him and Sandoval were getting into it, he was like, he's like, I'm way stronger than you. And it's like Yeah, he's I'm I I could take you on in a second. Are you kidding? Look at me. But it's like, but Sandoval is like zero percent body fat, so he can't fat fat shame him so he has to resort to strongness because even Schwartz he's yeah. like oh, yeah. oh look at you but like Sandoval he's like get stronger you're not strong like <laughs> I mean it is he's like with these DJ spinning arms I could kill you man I you know I it's it's hysterical I mean I do wonder if we, you know, we start this strong with the reunion, where do we have to go from here in the next two parts? And I keep telling people to temper your expectations when Rachel gets out there. I think the Rachel fan cam was amazing. Like the Rachel fan cam, I want it up the whole time, the whole reunion, that shot of her in the trailer. I want her in the bottom left-hand screen the entire time seeing every one of her reactions. Because when she comes out there, I hate to burst everybody's bubble. She's not going to say anything of note. You know, like she's not really said anything of note, even actually on the show. She has a hard time communicating just like Sandoval does. That's true. Yeah. Although, well, Sandoval gets fired up. She doesn't even really get yeah, doesn't fired even do up. That. Yeah. Sorry. Do you, we're, we've gone over time. Do you have another like no, couple fine. minutes? Very okay. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, with James, it was a lot for me. Like I was a bit overwhelmed by the first part of the reunion. Like with James, I kind of want them to take his Coke away and just give him little, little bits at a time. Like someone's in charge of just distributing tiny it's, amounts. Well, I always like to think it's like his emotion, like he, you know, he's fascinating. And I, I even though I, I said this in my show this week, I said, okay, everybody seems to like DJ James Kennedy right now. Like DJ James Kennedy, if you're listening the ball is in your court, dude. You can either take this goodwill and ride it out and try to be a decent, upstanding person, or you can completely blow it. You can completely blow the goodwill that you've actually built up over this season. Uh, even with calling people fat fucks, people are like, oh, he's so funny. Oh, my God. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does with this. But what's also fascinating to me about him is the amount of emotional upheaval he has in him in regards to even just Sandoval being a bro. You called me little baby bro. You did, and you were my big bro. And you know, and Sam was like, dude, I called everybody that dude. And he's like, Of course you did. And like he gets 
he gets teary about it. He gets, and when he does he, that, like, he, it activates like, that like uh, anger gene. He comes off as like the little boy on the playground, you know, who's like not, who's like being taunted and bullied. Like he's so raw yeah. and like such a beating heart. And like that goes in so many terrible directions at, at many times, but he is just so vulnerable. And that's something in common with him and Lala is they both, they're, they're kind of all bark and no bite and they're yeah. both just so they they're so um sensitive and kind of quick to like as much as they put on a big front of how tough they are they're sort of quick to give in and and i was reminded of that too when when they were talking about schwarz and sandy's law i was like yeah great food and, and i'm like you are not this person you know, you know, that was great there was a moment you guys when you like just Schwartz. How's it going? Yeah. Well, everybody, Andy, everybody says the food's great. And Lala, like the food is really good. He's like, oh, thanks, Lala. And it was just like after like brutality, it just happened for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But I know. No, they're, they're, they are really interesting. And I mean, yeah, James, James, him, he's been speaking in riddles. Like what I think, what did he say? He was like, Tweedle Dick and Tweedle D, and I'm like, yeah, Tweedle Dumb and Tweedle Dick over there. This is this has been putting him into like nursery rhyme mode. I feel like the the finale <laughs> and this, I'm like, is this a is this a British thing? Because I don't know, like my my dad is British, and like sometimes when he gets upset, he'll like use more like l- like crazy like crazy Scrabble words. Like he'll be like, oh, this is so obsequious or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, or like words that I don't know what they mean. So I'm just I'm like, is this? <laughs> Is yeah. this like a, yeah, I feel like the more fired up he gets, the more he's like, tweedle dick and tweedle dee and diddly done fuck <laughs> No, it is. I mean, the way he speaks too makes everything like a cat in the hat kind of poem. And it, uh, it's great. I mean, it just is interesting that we can't keep like, you know, if, I always say if Sandoval's a bad guy, all of a sudden DJ James Kennedy has to be a good guy. Like, it's funny that we can't keep in our head that like, well, you know, people, multiple people can be having done things wrong. Like one person yeah. doesn't have to be a hero if one person's a villain. You can have shades of all of these things. And I think we look at things in absolutes and black and white. And, you know, like we always say, the truth is actually more gray and more kind of tucked away in there. And I thought the Sandoval thing is very interesting because, you know, he was having a conniption about the glamour magazine article about his white nails. Like he really took offense. Like this is like too far, dude. I'll take all the shit about the cheater, but you will not make fun of my nails. Glamour magazine. He's like, I thought you were about journalism, which is like, I don't read glamour magazine, but I never thought of it. Like it was like, well, that's journalism. Not no offense. I'm sure it is. But he was like, this is not journalism, dude. And he's like misspelling things. And I was like, dude, it's like you have Kendall Jenner's publicist, like, you know, Kendall or Kendall Jenner's ad team where they made her do the Pepsi ad that had BLM in it or like all these misfires. Like whoever is representing this dude is just letting him go whole hog on the worst things. Like I don't like the fact that you can't just chill is wild, but he's also paying the ultimate price of not just for his own sins, but for 10 years of men in Vanderpump rules. It's like it's compounded. So we're not only mad at just Sandoval. We are, I mean, mainly, but we're also mad for all of the men on Vanderpump Rules. We're mad at the Jaxes. We're mad at the Schwartzes. And it's like, wow, fool me once, shame on you. Now you fool me 30 times. I'm I'm going to, you're done, Sandoval. And like, yeah. he is that blowback. And for him, the ego to keep fighting back is one of the most ridiculous things. And I just don't see how at this point, a good close friend of his wouldn't be like, you got to stop, man. Like I, I care about you. You got to stop. This is not worth it 
fighting over nails is not worth it. You got to take your licks because you made Ariana a running joke multiple times over those seven months and things keep coming out. So you're getting that times 10 times a hundred, whatever, but it's based on everything that you did to this person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and part of it, I think we're also disappointed in ourselves for being caught up in the charm of it and, yeah, of and course, yes. being, being caught up. And, and I actually, I, I remembered I was I was thinking back because there was news that just came out about Coachella last year and him saying yeah. that they were in an open relationship then and and I had this flash actually um going into this episode where I was like I remembered you talking about Tom at Coachella and you were like it's really amazing because he's so good with the fans and like he understands like how just how much this is important to them and like taking photos with anyone who will ask. And I was like, wow, incredible. But it's like, that is how you get him. You That's the only way yeah. to get him is, is praising him. But, but you wouldn't realize that because it's not like you're going in and challenging Tom and then bringing out like the ego. In him. <laughs> like, it, yeah, I mean, that's the, I always thought that was so admirable of him when I was around him of like how, how much he would take photos with fans and stop and talk to them. And then now I'm realizing like, Oh, well that's what got him off. Like that's, you know, it was yeah. like, you know, it was an exchange of, well, you're giving me a pumped up ego and I'm giving you this moment. But I also thought he was so much more than that. So yeah, like there's always like when I'm doing those recaps, I'm angry a lot of the times. And I, I will even have discussions with myself on those recaps of, okay, well, you know, what is the responsibility of Raquel? You know, where is my anger misplaced? When does this subside? When does, I mean, because now every time you think it's not going to get worse, a little piece of information will come out where I'm like, oh shit, Tom looks worse. Like, I, you know, we got that caller daddy uh, interview this week where Ariana reveals like he fell asleep in my bed, went to the guest room in our house, had sex with Raquel, and then came back to our bed and fell asleep and woke up next to me in the morning. To me, that's even like, I mean, that's like, that's monster territory. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I mean, that's monster territory. Like, I guess, why should I think anybody would have standards once you're doing that? But I, it's your own house. She's right there. I mean, we're on a different level at that point, I feel. Yeah. And, and even like, uh, probably just, I'm, I'm so personally triggered by like the gaslighting from both Toms because it's such expert at such an expert level, like the way they're able to turn things. And now people are seeing through it, but I'm just like, it's just, it's reminding me of like how many Toms I've known of this, like so good at being charming and then uh, making you crazy. If you're questioning that even with very provable facts. And it's like, whew, that even though like, yeah, with the whole leaving the bed into the other bed, like that is, you're absolutely you basically need a lobotomy at that point but like yeah. to me to to me the gaslighting is is almost worse in a way just because it's like it's like taking every thought and word and trying to twist it and being like you are the crazy one ariana well, think about this this uh happened at the reunion this past week katie says when you're trying to build a friendship with somebody th there's things you just need you need honesty and respect and loyalty and integrity. Those are the things that I look for in my friends. And Schwartz goes, so if I don't abide by all, all of your terms, we can't be friends. And so he paints it out of like, he's the victim when Katie literally is asking for honesty, respect, loyalty, and integrity. And Schwartz is like, how dare you, man? 
if I can't go by your rules, it's like the pins and batteries all over again of like these fucking women out there, man, you're out there asking for honesty, loyalty, integrity, and respect. How dare you, Katie Maloney? No wonder sports was cheated on you so many times. Like I thought it was the most comical thing of that reunion. Like he didn't even pause. He didn't even think about it. He was like, and if I can't do that, I can't be your friend. And like, how dare you? How dare you ask for these things? And I just like, this is fucking wild. That's wild. I know. It reminded me of what he said about Tom and Ariana, that they had this unspoken agreement to not embarrass each other. They had this unspoken contract to not embarrass each other. Maybe they should have spoke up about it a little bit more. Yeah. No, but but I'm like, but okay. We're here. Most people should. But wouldn't you do that in a relationship, right? I'm like, that is an unspoken agreement between humans who are like, that is assumed. Yes. We have this unspoken to not like be a dick to each other. And like, I don't know. It wasn't for me, but those kids are crazy. Like he was like, yeah, he was talking about it. Like it was this crazy novel thing that they had. They had this thing. That's their thing. Don't humiliate each other publicly. And it's like, that is, he doesn't even realize that that's assumed with couples like this is something you're just you're not supposed to embarrass your significant other in public um well and there's a little bit of a thing too where ariana got like a minuscule amount of blowback of like why didn't you question tom more why weren't you more suspicious of tom and she was like okay first off i was suspicious and i did ask him but secondly I trusted him and and that's what we built our relationship on was. So I didn't think he was doing these things. And it was another thing of like, how dare you fucking trust your partner? What is your deal, Ariana? First the pins and batteries and now you're trusting him? Like, it's like we're almost, you know, making fun of these people for doing the thing that you're supposed to do in the relationship. Yeah, like she should have known or, or the people that are lumping in any cheating with, you know, they're saying it's all equal and it's like, okay, a kiss in a pool when you're in your early 20s, I'm sorry, it is not the same thing as a seven month affair. And I can't even believe that people are putting it all in like one big. We obviously need a book. I need some kind of rules about what is worse than what, like, because it seems like there is so many rules and so many ins and outs in these men's mind and women of like, what's acceptable, what's not like, okay, so the mushrooms in the pool at dawn. Is that okay? If Raquel spends the night, is that okay? Like where, what's okay and what's not, we need a universal law of some sort. Well, that, that, and that's the crazy thing is like, that is, that is okay with a lot of people. Like a lot of people have some version of an open relationship. It's like an open relationship doesn't necessarily mean people are like, are at a swingers club every weekend. Like it could just be that like every once in a while, whatever, like they could have their like mushroom festival time with someone, or I don't know, you know, people can make literally whatever agreement you want with each other. And that is, that is the whole thing that like Sandoval doesn't get that it's just yeah, it's violating the agreement all. same with schwartz that he's just he's bringing up his sob story and oh all his family's not doing well i'm like you got to bring that up at the time at the time not now later <laughs> in retrospect <laughs> at the time you were like we're sticking it to the man maybe get our sympathy <laughs> then by talking about your family i don't care now yeah. it's like now i mean well i with the sandoval it's, i was i came up to this conclusion that it's like he reverse engineers everything like, he's like, okay, I cheated. Okay, that's, I cheated. I don't know necessarily why. Now, how can I work backwards and come up with acceptable reasons of why I did this thing that's unacceptable? So he's like, okay, let me start planning this. Okay, if I go to therapy, I could get something there. Then I start telling Schwartz that she was 
not respecting me and belittling me so I can go there. So he reverse engineered this thing. He did the bad thing and then worked backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, after the reunion, I need I was like, who can help me? Because I'm just watching these by myself and I'm like, I, it's like I don't have a good sense of reality. I feel like I need other people in the room like yelling. I'm like, what what is going on? But so I was like, Kristen Doty, she's going to she's going to center me in this moment. So I listened to her podcast about it and she brought up this really good point that the way that they keep talking about the timeline and the Mondrian, she's like, it's too specific and they keep coming back to that. And there's something about that that is suspicious. They're like, it happened the night after guys night at the Mondrian and then the next day and then see next Tuesday. It's too many details. And when you have that many details, like it's a telltale sign that you're lying. And I was like, that is a, that is a great point. They're so they keep Santa's like, we were watching it was guys night. We were watching the movie drive. I, I, I remember it. And no, um, that was Dodie when she watched the movie drive with Dodie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> For a second. <laughs> I know you like, just, I saw that, you know, I was like, oh, she doesn't, that's lost. Uh, yeah. no, no, my God. I like, no, the, the drive is, is cursed. It's like the, <laughs> it's like this cursed thing in like Vanderpump lore. And that's, I feel like I want to make a guide where there's all these new Vanderpump fans and I'm like, great. And you can totally join in, but I'm like, you'll know you've reached like level five when you start to like understand the significance of drive or like you start to question whether like lisa is an arsonist like i feel like that's the yeah <laughs> that, that's when well, you're I like <laughs> i always like to think about like so the doty and jacks are there they turn on this movie sandoval's in the other room passed out which is already weird but they turn on this movie and i always want to think of like is jacks watching this movie and he like because drive is pretty heady stuff you know it's not like an action like there's it's good but it's like you know, seventies kind of, you know, a New York kind of cinema kind of vibe. And I just don't think that's Jax's cup of tea. He probably likes a Transformers kind of movie. So I I'm like, know. is he watching it? Is he like, and he's like, Oh, this is boring. And he kind of like, I think he it's hits like, Dodie's foot. You no, know, a I, bit. I think it's like Jax is like classic cars, American dad. I'm yeah. an American guy. And that's all about like cars. And, and so I think that maybe was like a comfort zone for him. <laughs> but then he, I think he realized he couldn't understand it. Cause then it's like this whole subplot about like, well, when are they going to start racing more in this? Like, I thought this was going to be more racing. And then I just wonder if like, that's how it started. Of like, fuck it. I'm just going to, to tap Jody's foot and see what she does from that. Like, I just wonder if like it was in response to him, not fully understanding the movie or enjoying it. If that is a great, interesting theory that if drive wasn't such a complex movie, but marketed as more simple, that maybe we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't have. Yeah, this show. Yeah, yeah. No, literally if there was like a war movie. I'm sure Jackson, this never would have happened. It's the butterfly effect. That absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm trying to think of like what other movies Jax would like be like, like, a, like an American pie movie. I think Jax would love or. Oh, yeah. Um, well, they watch friends on repeat. Like oh, that, that's like the level yeah. that he enjoys like an Nice, if simple. you had a Friends Thanksgiving episode on, this never would have happened. Yeah, it's true. They would have been like repeating the lines. No, I think you're onto something there. I think we need to get in our time machine and go back. And no, I, 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 I mean, that also, do you know Sandoval still has the lease on that shitty apartment? What? Because Ariana's brother used to be living in it. I remember because I asked him about it once. And uh, there's part of me that's like, season 11, they need to make Sandoval move back into that place. In fact, they need to just freeze all of their bank accounts for this next season, make him actually go back and work at Sir, have it like some kind of like weird big brother experiment where they can only go to these shitty apartments and Sir and just see what happens. Well, I mean, we kind of we're not not living that reality because we've seen them all 
graduate into their mansions and then return they're slowly trickling back to their original form like schwartz is in a shitty apartment raquel's in like they're all a lot of them are in dingy apartments katie's is not so dingy but it's still smaller apartment than their big strange layout house like they are getting to that point yeah yeah i mean katie i read the la times article she said well, listen, I've always had a money manager. And when we sold the house, like, I, you know, the money went through the money man, you know, like it was very like cut and dry. Like she seems like she did the right things. And I thought it was interesting. Then the men like Schwartz is, you know, was supposedly near broke, you know, Sandoval is potentially overspent on everything. And it's very interesting that the women have protected themselves somewhat from the disastrous men in their lives. Yeah, and it's not just because Katie's a Capricorn who are the best at managing money. Um, no, but the women are just <laughs> the the women are uh, in every sense uh, better with business and finances. Although the bar is very low, it's not you like they're making very good money. So it, just keeping some of it wouldn't be hard conceivably. But like the men are such idiots, like they can't even. Like Andy was like, why don't you serve simple food? And they're like, Greg, it's Greg's fault. It's like, yeah, Greg it? doesn't like simple food. I'm like, and then he's like, Shorts like, well, also the design, like it just kept taking so long. I'm like, you idiots with your mushrooms trying to get your design right. Like it really is silly. And then you see something like something about her where, you know, they're, they did the construction last week. It's projected to open in June sometime or, you know, yeah. in there and, and it's going to be, so much more simpler and the idea already is up for franchise like are you kidding me yeah i like i've run a business before and like that whole like visioning vision board crazy color like that's one percent of it and that's the fun part for sure but they like they stayed in that that's where the men stay in that that fun part it's like sandoval saying okay mushrooms like at the dawn going hang gliding skinny dipping it's all these kind of imaginary things that we as kids pictured our lives being but it's like then it's like uh dude it's a tuesday like we can't do this shit but they had the same approach to planning the bar and it's it's just you see these things potentially don't work because at some point you have to roll up your sleeves and actually do the work and this guy was putting more work in keeping this lies together with the rachel relationship how is he ever expected to get this bar fully up and running. Like it really is. And I was talking about this this week of like, I was one of the people under the impression that they had put a lot more work into Tom Tom than they did. Like now we find out like they were just glorified figureheads. Cause he's like, how would they know how to run a bar? They, and I'm like, well, they would have known because they Tom Tom, like, what do you mean? They, how do you should have taught them how to run the bar? Like, you know, like they were just figureheads. And they're I'm the like, dancing wow. monkeys. they're the, da- they're like the little mascots of Tom Tom. And that's it. And they're not even like the way at least it's like, Oh, business potters. I'm like, well, you, you told, you said you gave their money back the small amount of money that they put in. So are they even your business partners? Cause it well, that was the thing I, that was unclear for me. I was like, are you giving them the opportunity to buy back in? Like you said in an earlier episode, because I would imagine at this point uh, it would probably be more profitable to be a part of Tom, Tom than it is Schwartz and Sandy's, even though I still hold true to the fact that there is now more name brand recognition with Schwartz and Sandy's, even in the sense that it's negative, there is still more brand recognition with that. So it really is what they want to do with that. I, I mean, I think once again, them trying to blame Yelp reviews and all that bullshit is really, it's like yelling about um, white nail polish on Glamour magazine. Like, just do the work. Just yeah. do the work. Like, do the work. It, at this point, your partner did this. 
get past it, move on. If you have good food and good drink, people will find you. And you have the curiosity factor that will get people near that place. Now get them in, like get them, yeah. get, win those people over. Let the band go and go roll up your sleeves and actually be in your restaurant. It's I hope that band gives him everything he truly desires because I watch those TikTok videos now and I'm like, this is like weird performance art. This is endurance. This is like pain endurance, like not only for him, but for the, I mean, it is one of the weirder things that I've seen. And I've seen that band a bunch, but now to do, I mean, like, it's weird. It's like, I feel like he thinks he's a martyr or something up there. It's like, he's Jesus on the cross. He's like, you know, taking his clothes off, like dick veins everywhere on his body. And he's just like, like, I mean, the songs he's choosing are sometimes so weirdly out of his actual specific vocal range. Well, that's, that I, that's not hard to do. <laughs> well, like, I mean, like, I think he, you know, if he goes in a lower range, he has a decent voice, but when he's trying to do Freddie Mercury, like, dude, Freddie Mercury, man, come on. Like Freddie, that's Freddie Mercury. Like you ain't going to even like, nobody's going to really come close to that. Why are you doing that to yourself? He hasn't let go of episode one where he said he wants to be the next Michael Jackson. He's just, and that's kind of the energy he's giving. Well, okay, Ryan, I feel like I could keep going on and on. Oh yeah. This is so easy with you. I I know we went all, I'm sorry if we didn't stay focused, but. Well, that's what I I was just about to apologize. This is what I call a Canadian standoff when people are apologizing back and forth to each other. Like, no, I'm sorry. I feel like I should be Canadian. I love to apologize. It's like, I'll apologize before I even even say, I mean, before anybody says anything, I'll just say, I just off the bat. I'm sorry. Oh, oh yeah. If it, yeah. Here, if someone bums into you, like you apologize to them, it's just, that's the way, but um, yeah. So sorry. And thank you for staying so long. This was so fantastic. And um, you know, for the, like, for the, I want to say almost zero people who aren't already listening, like let them know like where, where they can find you. Oh yeah. I do a show called so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. Um, you know, I don't know. Give it a shot if you want. If you already have listened to it, you don't like it. I totally get it. Listen to this one. Um, uh, and listen to all of us. There's so many great voices out there. Um, you know, rate this podcast five stars. Uh, there's a YouTube channel if you want to see me make my funny faces. Um, there's plenty of me out there. But yeah, I mean, just thank. I mean, thank you to any of the listeners. I pinch myself. This is the one thing in my life that I truly. I mean, I love other things in my life, but the one thing I'm really appreciative of that I have built. So I really, really appreciate that. And by Emily's book. Ah, thanks, Ryan. And yeah, thanks so much. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.